Well, welcome to the third Sunday of our series, Resurrection Walking. And today we return to the Gospel of Luke as our lesson begins on the day of the resurrection. On Easter Sunday, we read Luke's report of the resurrection when on the first day of the week at early dawn, as an act of faith, a group of women, that is Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and some other women, they go to Jesus' tomb with spices to tend to his body. But three surprises meet them there. First, the women are surprised to find that the stone has already been rolled away. And second, they are surprised to find the tomb empty. Where is Jesus' body? And then third, the They find two men in dazzling clothes appear among them saying, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. And the women, of course, they go to tell others what they have seen and heard. And Peter runs to the tomb and he stoops down and he looks in and he sees the burial clothes there by by themselves. And scripture tells us that he went home amazed, amazed at what had happened. And today we continue Luke's account of the resurrection as two of Jesus' disciples have heard rumors that he is alive, but they are leaving Jerusalem, walking toward Emmaus. And so let's, as we prepare to read God's word, let's Join together in prayer, seeking God's illuminating grace. Holy God, today as we read your holy word, make your glory and power known to us. We are Easter people because Christ is risen. He is alive. And where you live, life and light, freedom and salvation, hope and reconciliation breakout penetrate our lives propel us to action invigorate our hearts all praise and honor and glory be yours now and forever amen our scripture reading comes from the gospel of luke in the 24th chapter we pick up at verse 13 Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. 
Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our lesson today begins as Luke tells us that two of them, that is two of Jesus' disciples, ordinary disciples, just like me and you, are hiking from Jerusalem to Emmaus on the day of Jesus' resurrection. The exact location of Emmaus is unknown today, and it's further complicated because some of the ancient manuscripts read 60 stadia, roughly seven miles, as was in our translation today, but others read 160 stadia, or about 19 miles. But the precise location of Emmaus is not really Luke's point, is it? It's the movement from Jerusalem that is significant. The two disciples are leaving the gospel's center stage. It was on that stage that Jesus had died in utter disgrace. Even though his followers were at least partially armed, Jesus did did nothing to fight his captors. Jesus did not defend himself before Pilate when asked if he was king of the Jews. Surely some would have been willing to take up swords if Jesus only had said the word. And when he was crucified, Jesus was hanged between two other thieves or bandits or or revolutionaries, depending on the interpretation of the word giving the impression that they 
that he was one of them. One of them. He was made an example so that none, especially his followers, would try anything. And the message is loud and clear, isn't it? This is what happens to anyone who even gives a hint that they are challenging Rome. The two disciples are discussing these events as they hike from Jerusalem. They had trusted that Jesus was the one who would deliver Israel. But when deliverance does not come, their hopes are shattered. They're hiking away from Jerusalem, having disregarded the testimony of some of the women in the group who had gone to Jesus' tomb earlier that day. The women don't find Jesus' body, but they see two men in white, a vision of angels who tell them that Jesus is alive. But this testimony has a hollow ring to the two disciples because they had trusted that Jesus was the deliverer. And they're unable to comprehend any word that does not match the picture that they have already drawn in their minds about the victory that Jesus was going to bring. Bearing witness from this side of the resurrection, their blindness is apparent to Luke, even as it is to us. And Luke is careful to point out that their eyes were blinded. Their sight is seized by a mighty power that exercised sufficient strength to keep their spiritual shutters closed. And in their condition, there's hardly any evidence of sufficient, though, to change their direction. Only an encounter that opened their eyes to let them experience the greater truth of the Lord would be sufficient for them. Unbeknownst to them, the resurrected Jesus approaches them and he butts in on their conversation. And isn't it wonderful what begins to unfold? And it still is wonderful what Jesus does that to you and to me, that he butts in to our lives. You see, he knows when we don't know what we're talking about. That is, when all we have is our reasoning and when our eyes are seized by blindness that does not allow to know us to know him or to know what we are called to do. And as Jesus butts in, he asks them a question. A question that, quite frankly, throws them off. It, it stops them right in the middle of their tracks, right in the road. He says, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? What in the world? has made you so very sad. Into tomes of hopelessness and helplessness comes our Lord. And while their hopelessness and their helplessness may seem to us reasonable, they aren't to Jesus. Attitudes of resignation and fear that may seem to be logical responses to our latest failures or to the mess of this pandemic, or the trials of this world, it may seem logical to us. But to the risen Lord, 
he asks what we're talking about. He butts in. He wants to know why we're so sad. One of the disciples whose name was Cleopas tries to be as nice as he can, but his, his reply is much more like a wisecrack. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know these things that have taken place there in these days? The word for stranger in Greek is not the word that's used for Gentile. Rather, he is recognizing that Jesus is a Jewish person, but must be some sort of foreigner or a, only a temporary resident or maybe just a recently arrived sojourner. But it's interesting that this stranger is walking from Jerusalem just like they are. And Cleopas wonders how the stranger could be so oblivious to all the things that had taken place there. Dude, what rock did you just come from under? You don't know who Jesus of Nazareth is? And when Jesus speaks, it's from the point of view of a stranger. This time he calls them fools and slow of heart to believe what was spoken by the prophets. He asks, was it not necessary? Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interprets to them all the things about him and all the scripture. One with the Father from eternity, Jesus refused to lose, to turn loose of this world. This world that he came to redeem, even if it meant death. Jesus became sin, a curse for you and for me. He paid the price that you and I could not pay. And in him, God was reconciling the world. And the one that we call stranger is the one who is Lord of all, who comes to us as the resurrected one. The resurrection of Jesus, you see, focuses the light and the power of the creator upon our way of reasoning and constructing our world and finds each warning. There are people for whom the resurrection is not a problem, but an answer. Are you one of those people? Cleopas and the other disciple would become such people after the breaking of bread at, at the table in, Emma, in Emmaus. And they would rush back to Jerusalem to tell the others. The resurrection is the answer if you have encountered the risen Christ and if you have concluded that Jesus, the one who was put to death as scripture testifies, is alive is alive again and is alive now and is the same person that you have met. The resurrection is the answer because it helps account for what is true. It's a conclusion that seems to be arrived at all too reluctantly, like the original disciples. But it's the only one that makes sense 
It's a solution, an answer that helps explain what you have heard and seen and felt. Resurrection becomes an answer when we meet Jesus Christ. And in our lesson today, we meet Jesus primarily four ways. And each is important for our resurrection walking. First, the resurrected Christ is revealed in the person who is walking beside us. Walking beside us. Cleopas and the other disciple, the other follower of Jesus, on their hike to Emmaus did not know the stranger who was walking with them. They didn't know it was Jesus, the one whose, and their, their eyes were kept from recognizing him. But by his words and by his actions, they eventually came to know who it was. Weren't their hearts burning as they were walking along? How often Christ appears in a similar manner to you and to me, recognized or not as an act of love or reconciliation or peace. Now, second, the resurrected Christ is revealed in Scripture. The two were telling the stranger about their hopes that had died with Jesus, and the stranger started doing what? He started leaving a Bible study, right? Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. While the stranger taught them what had been said about the Messiah and all of scriptures, their hearts were burning. Their hearts were burning as the scriptures were opened. And scripture tells us who the Messiah is. The stranger teaches them to understand what is written, even as we say, it is still Jesus who is teaching us, you and I, when the scriptures are read and the word is proclaimed. And third, the resurrected Christ is revealed to them in the breaking of the bread. When Cleopas and the other disciple arrived at Emmaus, they invited the stranger who seemed to be going on ahead of them to stay with them for a while longer. And as Luke tells us, that's what Jesus did. And when he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. These are the same basic actions that we take when we celebrate Holy Communion. We take bread. We give thanks over it. We break it and we share it and we offer it to others in Christ's name. As Jesus still presides over his table, their eyes were opened and they recognized him in the same manner it can happen to us. And fourth, our passage tells us that the resurrected Jesus is revealed in the church and through the church. What do Cleopas and the other disciple do after they see Jesus? They rush back to the others in Jerusalem and witness to them about 
what they have seen. Their witness combined with others becomes a living faith of the church, of our ancestors, of our grandmothers and our grandfathers and our mothers and our fathers. And it is our witness as well to the generations that follow us. Still today, thanks be to God, still today, Jesus comes again and again to you and to me. Thanks be to God for that, right? He still comes again and again. He butts into our lives, you know, and it's so great when he does. He butts into our lives and he walks beside us. He's present with us and he bids us to come, to come and follow him. He comes to teach us, you and I, new ways of living. He comes to open our eyes more and more to what is real and what is eternal. And he comes to lead the church out into the world. You see, our Lord, our Savior, invites us to resurrection walking. Let us pray. Lord God, we have heard your invitation. Pour grace upon grace into your church that we would respond. Yes, Lord, we will follow you. Amen.